Hi, this is Randy Wimmer, and welcome back to the Entrepreneur Sound Off podcast. Today's topic is banking, and uh, banking is one of those things where uh, you don't have to get it right initially, but you do need to have some type of banking. But um, as your company uh, continues to grow and, and as you start going down your corporate life cycle, it becomes viciously important. Do, do not underestimate the value of a good bank. So let's get started. Do you need it now? Yes, you need a company bank now. Why? Because of SAM registration. Um, and ultimately to receive payment. Uh, so uh, that's the whole purpose, in my opinion, for SAM registration is the system for award management. So um, you do all this work, you want to get paid, and that's where the money's going to be sent is whatever checking account or bank account that you put in SAMs. However, initially, the real value until you start generating revenue is the um, is using your bank to help you track tax write-offs because that is one of the absolute best financial uh, variables associated with launching a company is you get to damn near write off everything. And um, in order to take full advantage of that benefit, you need to have um, a, a bank. So why is it important though? I just told you that, you know, initially it's not that important. You just need to have a placeholder in SAMS. Uh, you need to have something that, you know, to, to help you track your, your tax write-offs, um, like a bank statement. But, you know, why is it really, really, really important? Like I'm stressing it. If you find a good bank, it will save you an immense amount of money. Um, and here's why. You are going to quickly learn the, f the, the, the phrase, cash is king or cash flow is king. Uh, you may be making a ton of money on an accrual basis. That means where you, you know, you get credit for, for the revenue as soon as you do the work. However, you're living in a cash world and that means that you don't get the money until you actually get the money in your account. And there's a big difference between, uh, accrued income and actual cash income. So you're going to need fast money, um, to, to, to get through the humps. For example, uh, when you win a contract, let's say you win it on January 1st and you just, you're blessed to have a full team ready to rock and roll on January 1st. So they, so they start to work January 1st. Well, you got to pay them on your first payroll, you know, which is the 15th usually. Uh, I recommend, you know, twice a month and having it always on the same day, like the 15th and the first. Uh, February 1st rolls around, you're paying them. Well, now you're closing your books, you're, you're, uh, you're wrapping up your monthly deliverables. And uh, once you get your monthly deliverables approved, you submit your invoices. Um, and once all that is approved, they submit it for payment, the government does. And it's a net 30. That means um, they will pay you within 30. But a lot of organizations, that means exactly 30 days. So you're paying out of pocket that January 15th payroll, that February 1st one. Um, it'll probably take you at your first go around at least two weeks in order to wrap up and get all of your monthly deliverables approved. So you got your February 15th deliverable. Um, and then the government has, <laughs> you know, you're on, you're on the government time now. They're going to make mistakes. Uh, so before they actually even submit it for payment, it's probably going to be, uh, your March, uh, first. 
And then, you know, they submit it for payment. It's going to be exactly, you know, net 30. So you're going to be paying your March 15th and probably your April 1st. So, you know, most likely case, you're going to be eating six payrolls before you even get your first dollar from the government. So now in an accrual accounting system, well, you're getting credit for all that revenue you're generating, but you know, the, the very second that, that work is completed, but you're not getting the cash for it. So how are you going to cover those six payrolls? You need to have a way to get fast money, not unless you're blessed with a whole lot of personal assets and you can front your own company's expenses, uh, which you'll do. Uh, everybody does it. Uh, but, um, but, but quickly, if you're like me, uh, you run out. And I quickly ran out. So um, I made every mistake known to mankind um, regarding my initial um my initial, you know, invoices, and um, I'd say half the problems were mine, um, but it doesn't matter, you know, that the other half were the government's because I should have, I should have prevented them from making those mistakes, and I didn't, and I'm the only one who, who paid the price for it, so I ate a lot of invoices, and I was very fortunate and unfortunate to have won a, you know, rather large prime contract where, you know, I, all of a sudden, I'm eating $85,000 every two weeks or every half month uh, in payroll. And I thought I had cash reserves, but rolling into that fifth and sixth month without having a penny I've received from the government yet, because again, I made, I, I stepped on every landmine possible. Uh, and we're going to talk about how to avoid those landmines so you're not doing what I did. Uh, but I went like I over a half a year without getting paid by the government. And I, you know, I quickly ran out of money. I, I ran out of money well before then. We're talking about $85,000 a pop. Um, it, it got up probably closer to, to, to maybe a hundred thousand, you know, um, and that was a lot of money that was coming out. So, um, that was, and I'm not even talking about, uh, uh, transition costs. You're going to be, you know, renting hotels and things like that and having job fairs or onboarding, you know, events for your new employees. So there's all kinds of, you know, costs associated up, up front. So let's move on. Um, if you get a good bank, they're going to, a, a good bank and a business loan from a, you know, from your bank will be the cheapest way to front that. So what are some of the other uh, requirements? Well, um, once you start generating revenue and in hiring employees, it just really is um, essential to support corporate uh, operations. For example, payroll. You gotta have an account. Uh, even if you're outsourcing uh, your payroll, you gotta have an account for that outsourced company to pull from. And the other thing is, is there's a lot of financial transactions that happen outside of payroll. Everybody thinks, you know, you, you got money in there and it's payrolls, the other thing. No, you're paying bills. Um, but, you know, outside of bills, um, you, you can even let bills ride a little bit. But what you can't let ride is, when your people travel and, you know, your policy is, is for them to travel on their own dime and then you reimburse them, you got to pay them fast. And um, as soon as they submit that, you got to have a means to get the money. Don't, don't make them wait to payroll, you know, because they need that money now so they can pay, pay off their credit card before they start drawing interest on it. That's just the right thing to do. So uh, even though the government may drag you out a little bit, you can't do that with your people. So, um, you're going to have to, you're going to have a means to immediately pay people, uh, for like travel reimbursements and, and those type of things. What to look for in a bank. 
Um, <clears throat> the most important thing that you can look for in a bank is their ability to give you a business loan and the size of that business loan. Um, I'm going to tell you the classic mistake that I made and that a lot of other small businesses make. Uh, a lot of small business owners, you know, yours truly included in this, uh, believe that the um, the larger the bank, the better the service, the more capabilities. Obviously, hey, they're Bank of America. They got a lot of money to give me. Um, and uh, <laughs> boy, was I wrong. I was so wrong in that assessment. Because uh, here's the deal with um, with these larger banks. You're a number. They they can't treat you differently than anybody else. Uh, so they, they got an algorithm. And... Um, that determines how much money that they're going to give you. And it's a, it's a nationwide algorithm. And I want to give you, again, my first prime contract example. I just want a $15 million prime contract, and I'm, I'm hiring people on left and right. I'm rebadging them. Uh, I don't want to terrify you that I, you know, I hired like 20, 25 people, like, you know, boom, just like that, or I needed to. It was easy. Uh, they were the former company's employees, and... Uh, he lost the contract. Uh, I won the contract. He couldn't keep them employed. Um, I needed <laughs> people with their exact skills. That they wanted a job where they can stay basically in the same seat. So it's like, it's really easy, you know, frequently to hire these people. So <clears throat> I'm very quickly, you know, hiring these people to be my employees now, which means that I'm responsible for paying them. So um, <clears throat> next thing you know, you know, I'm, 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 I'm having $85,000, you know, payrolls every, every two weeks. And that's growing. That was just my initial ones. And <clears throat> what happens is, is, um, I thought, you know, Hey, I got enough cash reserves because I thought net 30 meant like, you know, from the end of the month, I didn't realize that all these other interim things has to happen, have to happen before that net 30, you know, kicked in. And I kind of thought that all that stuff would happen in automatic and it did it. Um, they had wrong charge numbers, wrong, you know, and, and this is on the government side. You know, they made a lot of mistakes on the government side. And they, oh, they were so apologetic. They said, oh, Randy, this is not on you. This is this is on us. Don't feel bad about this. I'm thinking like, huh, I don't feel bad about it. Like, but I don't have any money to pay my people. You know, So, you know, it's not like I, I, I'm ashamed that you screwed up. Not like that at all. You know, I just like, you know, I, I, I'm scared and terrified that you're going to you're going to drive me out of business because I can't pay my people. So I am sweating bullets. I, I'm talking about like, man, I, I thought I had an ample cash reserves, but that ample cash reserves quickly, you know, burns, burns up pretty quickly. And, um, I thought, well, I'll just go to my, my business bank. That's why that, you know, that's why you have a, you know, a corporate account. So I call them up and I talk to my, and, and you're, you'll get one to a small business liaison officer. So I call up my small business liaison officer and he says, Randy, don't worry about it. We got you covered. And uh, I said, oh, God, thank you so much. Because I, I, you know, I, was, I was talking to this guy. I was like, man, I was really worried about this. I really appreciate this. He says, come on over tomorrow. Um, but, you know, bring, bring, you know, he told me what all to bring and things. So I brought all those things. And uh, he says, hey, Randy, um, you know, have a seat. And I said, oh, yeah, thanks so much. I'm like, I'm really sweating this. He says, no. Nah. He says, I'll have you leaving here with a check. He says, don't sweat it. And um, so he says, so, um, so, so, so show, the, show me the information that, that I asked for. And what he asked for was my previous year revenue, you know, my, my, um, my accounting documents and my, my tax returns. So I showed him, well, now I want you to think about this. You're a startup. That means 
your previous year revenue as a company? Zero. Well, I was a little bit better than that. Um, I was my own person, uh, my own, you know, one person company. And um, I was, I actually had a subcontract that I was, you know, billing against and I was making $250,000. So he says, no problem. He says, he says, we can get you a check, you know, cut for, for $25,000, you know, within about three hours, if you're willing to wait. I'm thinking like 25000 I said, I need a lot more than that. Um, you know, like, you know, each payroll is running at 85000 right now, and, and I still have to hire up. I'm still not done hiring people. And he says, well, he says, we're only allowed to give you 10% of last year's, you know, revenue. Um, but I can get you that $25,000, like, you know, in, in about three hours. And I thought, are you kidding me? Like, that's nothing. And I'm going to tell you how bad it was. <laughs> that $25,000 did such a little good for me that I took that $25,000 and I went out and I bought a car with it. Um, and the reason why is because I was driving around a beater that I had. Um, and my contract was about an hour and a half drive from where I lived. So I'm like putting all kinds of miles on my car. So I use that as my, basically I use that as a car loan uh, to go out and get a car. So, because it, it, it didn't even... It didn't even scratch the surface of what I needed. I like needed like real money. And, you know, he, he's giving me, you know, he's giving me car loan money. So, um, I, and, and then what was going to happen is, um, now you're looking around for, for cash and basically you don't have too many options other than, other than your, your bank and the other one, which is factoring companies. And we'll talk about that next. Um, if you're factoring, it sucks. But it's also a good indicator that you're doing well. So uh, I, I we'll, we'll talk about that next because that is a made. You got to have that lined up because if other things fall through, you got to have redundancies here. So we'll talk about that in the next topic. But um, so that's I didn't have any money, um, and I, I had to scramble to try to get. Um, I had to scramble in order to get um, you know factoring set up, and I, I barely got that in time. And I, I'll tell you that story in the in the next topic. Uh, it's, it's it's an embarrassing, well, it's just a terrifying memory for me. Is what it really is. Uh, so anyway, you will want a bank that will give you a business loan, and I'm going to tell you it's not the big ones. It's your local ones. It's your small banks. It's your mom and pop banks uh, that don't have this this not this nationwide policy, this algorithm. Um, you want to be able to walk in and sit down with a, with a small business officer um, who knows you or knows of you or something like that. And you sit down and he, and you can show him, say, Hey, I just want a $15 million prime contract. You know, I need money. And they'll look at me and they'll look my, you know, my credit score and they'll look how much banking I'm doing with them. And they'll say, yeah, we can, we can give you a loan to cover this. You know, that's the kind, you know, you want them to make a personal individualized decision based upon your particular situation. As a startup, we are frequently um, packaged up with the rest of the companies out there. So let's just say we're we're selling like you know uh, cell phone minutes on a credit card, and we're doing that on a <laughs> uh, what we're doing that you know we're, we're we're accepting payments for you know something kind of flaky like that that you can sell off the internet, and uh, we got all these we, we got these outs, outstanding bills. Uh, for people to do, you know, you know, payments on, uh, maybe they're on, on a monthly installment plan or, or something. And the, the, the probability of having people pay you is pretty low. That's, that's just the reality. 
Um, you know, we, we, you know, it's somewhere along the line, we lost personal accountability as, as, a, <laughs> as a populace. But uh, now a bank is going to look at giving you a loan and they're going to say, yeah, the chances of them actually paying you is pretty low. And so therefore our loan to you is very risky. Now we are supporting as federal government contracting startup um, companies, we're supporting the federal government. The federal government always pays. If they don't pay, <laughs> that loan is the least of your worries. <laughs> if the federal government um, can't make their payments and, and they, they can't pay you, and um, then, you know, that's the least of your worries. You need to go find a good cave to live in to, to, to weather that out. Um, and just stockpiling, you know, weapons and, and water and, and such uh, because bad things are happening. So um, the government always pays, but we're treated the same exact way as, you know, somebody who's selling something flaky on an installment plan and where most of their customers don't. The other thing you want to look for in a bank is um, whether or not they are able or willing to give you a low cost uh, line of credit. Now, initially, that line of credit is going to be based upon you and your personal assets and, and things. Um, because your company has no credit. It really doesn't at that point. You're just starting out. Um, but at some point, you'll be able to transition that over to you, uh, to being able to get a line of credit based upon your, um, you know, your, your, your company's, um, you know, credit and it, its revenue and so on. Now, um, again, this is the case that I was in. Um, if you don't have money, if you can't go find money, like from a bank or, or line of credit, um, you know, what you can always do is you can tap into maybe a home equity line of credit. You know, you, you just gotta, you gotta find money somehow. Now, I was in the perfect storm with, with my first prime contract situation because I was building a house. I sunk in a ton of money into buying the actual property. And I was, I had what, the, what they call a construction loan, which is a mortgage, uh, that, that pays out the, the cost of the construction of the new house which means you can't get a home equity loan because you don't even have a home. You got a hole in the ground. So they, they won't give you a home equity loan, you know, based upon a building project uh, because you can't have equity basically in a building project. So um, you, you, you got to make sure that you're, you're positioned nicely too. Now, finally, hey, get, don't, don't pay for free. I mean, don't pay for checking or credit cards. Um, don't do that. There's no need to do that. You can find better banks. Um, that, that all this stuff is free. And I'm going to talk a little bit about credit cards later on here in a couple, a couple slides, but for the most part, don't pay for that stuff. Um, just think about the, the just think about the lunacy of that. You're paying somebody to take your money to make money off of it. It's like, what? You know, that's, that's crazy. So you can, you can find banks, uh, where that stuff is, is free. So. Here are the recommendations that I have for you. Go with a local bank. Go with a bank people's never heard of. Um, just tr travel <laughs> to find it. You need to find a bank um, where you've you've got to ask the following question to. And I did this. You know, I, I launched subsequent businesses and and we, we started interviewing banks because I realized like uh, I do not want to be in the situation that I was with my first company. And what we would do is we'd interview interview uh, banks, you know, small business officers. And we'd say, 
Okay, what happens if I win a $15 million prime contract and I have $85,000 um, going out in payroll, you know, every, every half month? How much money are you willing to give me? You know, based upon my, you know, my, my prime contract that I'm, that I'll give to you, I'll give you a copy of. And, you know, you'll, you know, you're good if they start asking you questions like this. Will you show us your completed invoices? Yes. You know, and they'll ask you a litany of questions and, um, you know, boom, there you go. You got it. Um, but it's only going to be a local bank that's going to do that. They're the ones who are going to, you know, treat you as an individual rather than a number and an algorithm. And I made that mistake over and over and over. I started with Bank of America and then moved to PNC. And it was the same thing, same exact algorithm, you know, that, that they were providing me. And by the time I was getting ready to change, um, you know, banks, because I was just so angry with my first company at these, you know, these two banks that they wouldn't help me out. At that point, I didn't need it. I, I you know, I was, I was flush with cash and I didn't need it. So I didn't go through the hassle of changing for my first company. So, uh, it's very, very, very important that you shop around um, prior to your first big win or even medium-sized win in order to be able to get a a very, very good, um, you know, lender. And one, again, that'll treat you like a, an individual. The second thing that I recommend is um, initially go with debit cards. You know, when you're, when you're in the startup phase, you got to keep track of every single penny and you, you got to manage that thing tight. Um, so... Instead of um, instead of writing checks and and those type of things or credit cards and now you got interest on it and you know you need to manage how much you're spending and the easiest and the best way to do that is do it on debit that way you're not spending money you don't have now as you start to grow what you're going to do is you're going to have to start getting you know business credit cards um, which are basically kind of hierarchy meaning you you have you could have multiple cards given to, to different employees with different with different um, you know limits set for each employee. So you'll have to do things like that. And at that point, you'll want to move away from your debit card. I still had my debit card. I had a credit card, but I also had a you know corporate credit card and a corporate debit card. And all of a sudden, I started realizing, like, oh my gosh, I'm walking around with a debit card that that would give. Uh, somebody access to, to over a million dollars in my checking account, you know, my corporate checking account. And, uh, I thought, well, that's kind of stupid. <laughs> the good thing about, you know, credit cards is, is, um, if somebody does something illegal and they get, uh, you know, an employee's, you know, credit card, they start, you know, running charges against it. And that actually happened with one of my employees. Uh, somebody had got a copy of their credit card and they were, um, you know, they were making you know, fraudulent charges on it. Now, you've got a heck of a lot more leverage when you're saying, like, I didn't I didn't make that charge and I'm not going to pay it. You know, rather than um, if it was a debit card, uh, somebody, you know, erroneously or fraudulently use your debit card and the money's already out of your account. Now, you know, you're arguing, you're, you're arguing from a, a position of weakness. And that is, is how can I get my money back rather than, Oh, I'm not going to give you my money because I didn't do this, these charges. So uh, a debit card, you're, you're, you're walking around with a little bit more risk once you start having real money in your account. But initially I would go with that debit card for, for ease of tax, um, you know, tax recording. 
You just get your statement and you just go line out of, yep, yep, yep. And here's the other thing too. Uh, you have got to be religious between separating your personal and your, um, your business, uh, uh, spending, you know, have, have, have credit cards for both or a debit card, you know, for your small business and whatever you choose to use for your, for your personal finances. And the reason why that is, is when you start blending them, you're missing out on tax write-off opportunities. It just makes doing your taxes so hard. And again, that's one of the absolute best reasons to start a small business. Um, you know, you're, it's nothing but massive tax write-offs. So you don't want to miss out on that. And then finally, now this is going to sound like a little nitnoid thing, um, but it's not. <laughs> it really isn't. This is, this is actually pretty good. Uh, what you'll want is you'll want to get oversized checks. And they they come, you know, they're the corporate oversized checks. Now, you can get the regular standard checks, you know, the personal check size. And you don't want to do that. Um, you want to get the oversized checks because you get like three or four to a page. There's there's a carbon sheet uh, behind it. Everything that you write is automatically captured. And here, here's the deal with that oversized check. Um, initially, when your people are traveling and they need to be reimbursed, you're going to have to write them a check um, to, to reimburse them because at that point you probably don't have you know the ability to do printable you know printable checks. You don't want to make them wait till till um, till payroll cycle. You, know, you don't want that. So you know you're going to be writing them a check, and you don't want to write them the same check that they're used to writing themselves. You know to the grocery store. You want it to look like a corporate you know check. Um, you know, to be nice and big, you know, something that completely fills up the envelope and it just looks more professional, more corporate because, you know, when you're a startup, you know, you, you always got to be worried about that. You know, am I looking like a chump? Um, you don't want to look like a chump. You want to look like every other $100 million a year company, because if you start looking a little shaky, your, your employees are going to sense that and they're going to think like, oh my gosh, you know, yeah, it's not like a real company. It's like Randy paying me. Now, you don't want them to start thinking that because at that point, if they're just working for Randy, you know, instead of analytic strategies, then, um, you know, they're, they don't see that as a career option. They don't see that as a, they don't see that as a place to grow or stick around. And the very first time a branded company comes along, um, and, you know, flirts with them, you know, they're going to take that job. So you want to make them feel like they're part of something special. Yeah, you're small, but you're going places. And you, you got to act like a company as much as you can. You got to look like a, you know, legitimate 100%, you know, uh, um, you know, normal company. And one of the, just little things like, you know, your check. If it looks like it's a personal check, you don't want that. It's got to look like that big, fat corporate check. So, um, the next, we're going to talk about factoring next because it dovetails really nicely into the banking discussion here. And again, hopefully you can avoid it, but, but most small businesses can't if they're rapidly growing. So we'll talk about that next.